Welcome to the podcast, everyone. And this episode features the president of the Houston Texans. Greg Grissom has been with the organization from the get-go. Formerly worked at the Astros. He went to Baylor, but he likes UT a lot. I'm not going to get into his personal life too much here, but I've been friends with Greg for a long time, and he's doing a phenomenal job with the Texans' business operations as the organization navigates through this coaching change to D'Amico Ryans and marketing with all the H-Town stuff. And you've seen the merch and there's just so many aspects, facets of what he does and contributes to for this organization in conjunction with the McNairs, of course, and everybody in football operations. But it's always interesting to catch up with Greg. So let's get to it right now. Our conversation with the president of the Houston Texans, Greg Grissom. Greg Grissom joining us. Okay, Greg, off-season, it's the desert, as I call it, between minicamp and training camp, but there's always something going on with the Texans. How are you doing? They're, they're, I'm doing great, Mark. Great to be with you. Uh, yeah, it's always an exciting time. I, I think if you'd go up to our staff upstairs and, and, and talk to them, there's no desert. There's a yeah. lot of hard work going on and, and a tremendous amount of excitement uh, as we prepare for the 2023 season. So when we left the 2022 season, the Texans beat the Colts, which was a weird kind of thing because the number one pick, they didn't get it that day. But so what? It all turned out great with C.J. Stroud. We'll get into that in a moment. But what about hiring D'Amico Ryans and what it's meant to the organization, reaching back in the history, getting the former player and everything, the effect that that's had on the organization as a whole, Greg? Yeah, I think you, the process that, that Nick Casario and Cal and Hannah McNair led to identify D'Amico and, and, and to ensure that, that he came home was spectacular. And since the moment... You know, he arrived uh, the day that that uh, he was here, you know, that we got to introduce him to the staff even before I think that the day his contract was signed before the press conference. I mean, the energy's just been um, off the charts and the way it's engaged all of our, our teammates internally, our former players, you know, the uh, the the all our fans and season ticket members as a, as, as a whole, um, you could feel it. You could feel it from the very beginning. And, and his leadership, uh, you know, as I've had a chance to interact with him here and there, is amazing. And uh, just um, really looking forward to the, to the impact he can make on our organization and on our city as a whole. I think with him and that combined with the draft, Greg, you've been here every year. I can't think of an offseason with more of a boost, more anticipation. There have been some offseasons where you feel like the team's good, you're going to go into a good campaign, and we don't know what the record's going to be. But just as far as the offseason itself, are you with me that this might be the biggest ever? I think it could be. You know, I I don't like to make predictions. But uh, But just a feeling in the moment. The feeling of it is, I will just say, there's a, a tremendous energy and excitement to what could be coming and mm-hmm. and you know uh and it, you know, we you and i've talked about some different off seasons in the past um I, I think it's equal to if not greater you know some of those off seasons and you know time will tell but but i i think you know watching nick and D'Amico work together around the draft and and how they they navigated that to get the outcome that we did and the excitement that that generated across the city and our fan base. And then, you know, every step of the way forward, you know, the free agencies, which I I really think, you know, some of the decisions and the players we brought in, you know, 
are going to be fun to watch and, yeah. and to see the impact that some of these guys can have on our team as a whole. So, um, you know, I have seen some of the media who, who aren't always, uh, you know, as kind. Um, you know, I've seen it referenced in some places, even the perfect offseason. I don't know about that. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't want to ever put that pressure on it. But I know that that we're really excited about where we're going and um, and, and can't wait to get it get it started here in a, in a month or two. Draft night. It still blows me away the level of excitement. It felt like a playoff win or something like that. The way everything went down with the number two pick and then trading up and the fans and uh, Cal McNair, Hannah McNair there. Yeah. You were there, obviously. It was a tremendous experience. It was a great event. And first and foremost, I want to give a lot of credit to our event experience team and all the folks who helped put that event together at Miller Outdoor Theater, working in partnership with the folks at Miller Outdoor Theater, Houston First, to allow that to happen. It was it was packed to the gills. I think we, we, we had found every spot for a fan to be, and obviously when we drafted CJ, the, the place went crazy and, and excitement, and then right behind it to, to announce the trade, and uh, I was actually standing very close to Andre Johnson and just seeing him going, you know, what? We did what? And just the excitement of how that all went. It, it it was a great night, and and um, to celebrate it with our fans, I know uh, the McNairs enjoyed you know being there and being present um, both at the beginning of the draft and coming back later, and and just to be around our fan base, and and just to 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 be hopeful about what's to come. It was a great night. All right, you brought up Andre Johnson, so I'm going to fast forward. We'll get into everything else, but J.J. Watt and having Watt night announced. It's not a night; it's a game with the <laughs> right. Pittsburgh Steelers. But going into the Ring of Honor. But it's just tremendous to have these former players, these Texans legends in the fold with the D'Amico hire. And I was going over some stats today, writing articles for various things. And D'Amico is still so high up on all these lists, tackles mm-hmm. and solo tackles and consecutive starts and that kind of thing. And then to see Watt go into the ring of honor along with Andre Johnson and Mr. McNair, that's tremendous stuff. What is in all of our, our, our former players, we call them legends. Uh, the NFL calls them legends. That's, you know, if you made it to the NFL, it's pretty legendary in my book. I don't think yeah. you and I made it there. So uh, we, we give them that respect. And all of our, our legends are really important to the organization, the history of the organization and where we've come from and, and how we continue to recognize that. And then when you think of a player like J.J., I mean, it, we, we, you know, you know, he left here, went to Arizona, you know, had finished out his career, but he's a Texan. Yeah. And, and, you know, we wanted to make sure that, that we did everything we could to engage with him. And he obviously was really excited about the opportunity to come home and, and, and to be part of Houston and what we're, what we're, what we're building moving forward. I know he's extremely supportive of D'Amico and, and, and his staff. So it all kind of fit, but, uh, you know, really excited and and about making sure that that JJ ha- takes his rightful place in the history of our organization in the Ring of Honor against the Steelers on October first. So that's going to be a tough ticket. There are a lot of tough tickets, though. So what's going on with tickets, Greg? I know you've commented publicly a bit, but what's the latest you can share with us on how season ticket yeah. sales are going and the crowd at NRG Stadium? Yeah, I think I mean, there's nothing better than a sold out, energetic, you know, full on crazy NRG stadium and that's our goal every game for uh, for that that we play here in Houston and I think we're we're, we're getting back to that you know the last mm-hmm. couple of years we've actually you know without getting too far in the weeds we've sold a lot of tickets just we needed everybody to come and support you know come to the games but I think the you know, the the 
answer to your question is it's going very well. There is still some opportunity, I think, here mm-hmm. over the next 30 to uh, 60 days for folks to jump on board and get season tickets. There's a very limited availability um, of that. And then um, and there but there is group tickets and single game tickets available, kind of just adapting the way that we structure some of access to tickets. But the goal is to sell out every game. We want to start, you know, with the regular season, with the Colts game to get that sold out. Pretty sure the Steelers game will be sold out with a bunch of Texans fans. We may have some visitors from Pittsburgh too, but uh, all celebrate JJ. We've got the Saints following after that. So get off to a great start. And really, we just want the energy in NRG Stadium uh, as loud and as, as possible to support these players. I know they feed off that energy, and, and we want to create that, that home field advantage for them. I think no matter what, when the Steelers are on offense, show J.J. on the video board, we're good. Yeah. yeah Lots of noise. Good. No matter what. There would be noise anyway, but That's extra. Right. Uh, fan council, Greg. People have been hearing about this fan council. What can you tell us about what they do? What happens at a fan council meeting? Well, sure. So the, the fan council, first and foremost, we've always, you know, since inception of the organization, uh, since I've been here and we've been here, we always want to listen to our fans. But with, you know, some of the things that we're trying to do really with Cal and Hannah just challenging us to think differently and to make sure we're reaching out and really listening to our fans and, and getting as much feedback as we possibly can. Uh, we established this fan council, um, you know, I guess in the spring. And the real purpose is to, to, to just share, share mm-hmm. where we're going or in a different topic, whether it's our marketing campaign or our concession offerings or the music we play in, in uh, the stadium. We're not really talking, we're not, you know, we're not giving them, f- folks have opinions on who should right. maybe start it running back or left tackle <laughs> or whatever that may be. Though I think those are two pretty good spots, but it's not football, but we really want them to give us uh, input on things that we can do different or better. And so I- I'll give you an example. The first fan council, we our, our marketing campaign, which will be launched here in the, in the not too distant future around training camp. Uh, we shared that with the fan council and uh, we were going a certain direction just in slight word choices. And one of the fan council members said, hey, I, I think I think you might want to think about this differently. It was really the same message. Just the phrasing was a little different. Mm-hmm. And we changed it just based wow. off of, based off of that that fan council feedback. So we've got another meeting set up here, uh, I think, in later in July, you know, to talk about some of the game days things. So we'll, we'll each meeting will and I think we're planning on four or so a year it will provide different topics and where we present information and then allow uh, the fan council to give us feedback and then really listen to it and see how we can adapt and be better for for all do they have opinions on uniforms well I'm, yes they do have <laughs> opinions on uniforms and we well I mean we've been doing focus groups on uniforms for the last six months you know weekly in different mm-hmm. ways and we've did a huge survey uh that we took information on it's uh, on our website for people to provide feedback and so uh, we've listened to everybody I, I you know we're in the final stages of of kind of putting that together again all launching in april 24 i see a lot of questions out there about hey what, what about the new uniforms of mm-hmm. this year just to be clear it's april 24 it's a, it's about a two-year process with the league that we've to be honest with you, we've cramped into about a year and a half. So uh, we're going as fast as we can. So if anybody has questions, it's not this year. It's it's for the mm-hmm. 2024 season. But uh, wanted to um, – so there's been a lot of feedback, and we've adjusted to that. And I think where we'll end up is, is we're – you know, based on the feedback we've gotten, it's not all the same, right? People right. have different opinions. And what we hope is uh, we end up with something that kind of uh, gives a little bit for all based on the feedback we received. Yeah, people don't understand how long it takes. 
I mean, you would think, ah, just make some new uniforms, throw them on, you're good to go. It takes a month. No, it doesn't. No, it, 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 I mean, it's a minimum of two-year process with the NFL, and, you know, there's guidelines that we have to follow. Um, it's a little different than the college rules where the, the uniform flexibility, let's just say, like is, Oregon. <laughs> is, is significantly more uh, uh, flexible than what we have at the NFL level, but that's what makes the, the league great, and there, there's 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 a whole process with licensees and you know Nike and everybody else. It's it's we've learned a lot. It's been mm-hmm. a very um, productive process, and excited to see the outcome next April. Well, you worked on that red helmet for a while. We did. People don't understand. I, I remember I did a social media post because we had a mannequin in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And it got some attention. You said, well, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. I said, it's in the lobby. Yeah, I'm not well, revealing we, yeah, we were testing some things on the mannequin, uh, but just to get see with some input. But yeah, there's th- this is all very well thought out, mm-hmm. uh, strategic approach. You know, that we want to have very good data and, and just at the end of the day, make the best decision uh, for the organization and for our fans. Okay, so training camp is going to start soon enough. And everybody wants to know how D'Amico Ryans is going to handle training camp and how the Texans are going to handle training camp with open practices. And training camp has really evolved over the years because you and I remember people sitting on bleachers and getting a lot of sun. Right. And sometimes you want that, but maybe in August you don't. So it's going to be a similar setup. Very nice that way. Yeah. Well, we've, as you know, we've invested in the training camp experience over the last couple of years with shade coverings for all fans to watch practices. We've done some different things with some, some structures for, for some of our VIP guests and others, but um, but no, training camp will have eight open practices, uh, which is pretty consistent with what we've done the last few years. They feel like it's the right number spread out kind of over about a two to three week period. Probably the headlines are uh, night practice uh, that we'll have that mm-hmm. uh, working with D'Amico um, so that our fans will be a Saturday night practice and then have open practices for both uh, the, the joint practices that we're having with uh, the Miami Dolphins leading into our first home preseason game. So um, should be, you know. A great time just to, for fans just to come out, see the team, you know, see these guys in action. They work tremendously hard in a in, a, in you know pretty hot weather, yeah. uh, and uh, and 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 I know the energy that the fans provide. You know, the team for those open practices is something that they all you know thrive on, and and the, and the fans get a great chance to see see where we're headed. And so, should be a great couple of weeks. I feel like with the shade, every seat's a VIP seat. That's correct. No yeah. no question. You know, and and we have. We'll, we'll continue. I think we're going to do some fun things with some merchandise uh, this year related to some team uh, shirts that the team's wearing that kind of some messages that the D'Amico's providing for the team that our fans can get behind. And, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be always be a fun time, but uh, we'll do everything we can to enjoy some good football and, and stay as cool as possible together. More memorable night practice, hard knocks in 2015, or the time Gary Kubiak, I think he himself ordered up a Zydeco band to sort of liven things up at a night practice. Yeah, I think I, I think that's correct. I, I might go with a hard knocks practice because we had, uh, if I recall, we had a big tailgating competition oh, before, right. before that game or that for that practice, which made that a lot of fun. But you're right. I think Coach Kube did uh, order up the Zydeco band. He wanted to liven it up for the players that night, and uh, so that was the. F- now we have music at every practice, but yeah. I think that was the first time we had ever had right. music like that, uh, and so. It was a it was a game changer. It was a, it was a lot of fun that night. So we see a lot of H Town branding with the Texans, leaning into Houston, Houston's team, and it's always been Houston's team. But 
Can you tell us about that a little bit, Greg, that direction? Because we see the H, we see the shirts, the merch is so cool. Yeah, well, Houston is such an amazing place, and it's evolved a lot over the last, obviously, 100-plus years. But I think specifically in the last 10 or so, and I I don't want to put a specific timeline, but it's the most diverse city in America, and it's what makes Houston great. And from, uh, from all different walks of life, all different demographics, and really what we're trying to do is to reflect and celebrate our city and all yeah. that we do and to make sure that, that uh, we're supportive, we're showing up for our city, and then we want our fans to show up for us. And, and, and so uh, we're very intentionally just trying to celebrate what makes Houston great. And, and, you know, the phrasing of H-Town, which is, I think, a moniker that the whole city's kind of gotten, gotten behind. Um, and so it, it's very intentional. We're trying to, to do it in all different ways, whether that's the music that we play, the, the folks that we engage with, uh, the images that we, that we put forth, um, how we talk. You know, Houston's a very resilient, passionate diverse place and and so that really messes well with some of the things where we are as an organization and what we're trying to build and and so really excited to see how that evolves i think that'll continue to evolve over the next couple of years but it's it's very purposeful and it, it really is just about celebrating the great place that we all get to live last year you changed the way you did the draft party huge success mm-hmm. this year even bigger also last year you changed the kickoff lunch into a season premiere mm-hmm. night event so this year, season premiere, part two, or whatever you want to call it, it's right. going to be awesome, even different, and during the week now, but casino night experience, along with everything else, to raise money for the Houston Texans Foundation. Correct. Yeah, last year, um, you know, with Hannah McNair's leadership, uh, the Lady Texans support, um, we raised over $800,000 for the Texans Foundation. All of our players were there. We're so generous with their time, you know. Nick and, and our coaches and, and this year it, it will be similar. The the headline this year is it's moved from the Houston training Houston Texans or Houston Methodist uh, training center to the floor of NRG Stadium and wow. so uh, actually get to to enjoy the evening on the floor of the stadium where the players play as as we kind of uh, unveil the premiere of the team if if you will for the 2023 season and really just allows us to give back to to the, our community and and inspire hope where it's needed the most. All right, HoustonTexans.com for information on that. Also on the stadium floor, the season ticket members town hall, which was a really cool event. I mean, people were going wild for D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario. Sure. Real raucous atmosphere. No, and it's again, it's about um, being as transparent as we we can with our season ticket members and all of our fans and just letting them know where we're heading. I think we had over 1,500 people there that night, uh, as you know. There were no filtered questions, and yeah. uh, and and they were able to just ask ask Coach and D'Amico, you know, or Coach and uh, and Nick, uh, what you know what that what was on their mind. But I think what was most just exciting was the energy. I mean, when D'Amico came out, you get a standing ovation, and yeah, and um, and I think the fans felt it. I know we felt it. I know I know D'Amico enjoyed it, and really just said, man, that that was a lot of fun, and and so. Looking forward to, to having that with 70,000-plus on, on a Sunday. All right, I need a couple of things from you quick before we exit here. What game, other than the Pittsburgh game where J.J. Watt goes into the Ring of Honor, what game do you personally have sort of circled on your calendar? I'm really looking forward to the, this one. I, I, w- I would say the, the first one. So, okay. I mean, the Colts game, I just 
uh, I mean, there's so many, but you, you, you know, I want to get started and yeah. I'm really excited about, you know, the team and where we're headed. I'm excited about some of the changes that we're, we're going to unveil, um, you know, probably unveil some of them at the preseason game, uh, against Miami, but, uh, to really do that for a regular season game, the home opener and get this era and this season kicked off the right way in front of our home crowd, sold out NRG stadium and, and, and get going. So, I mean, you, you can't get to the second one until you get to the first one. So I'm focused right there. All right. Road game. Other than the first one, do you have anything here? Because the Jets in December, obviously the division games are very cool. Cincinnati on the road. We got a lot of good ones. Yeah, I, I think the Jet game in December might be a lot of fun because I think they're, you know, they're going to have a good team and I'm hoping we're in a position to to be playing for something in the month of December. I know that's the goal. And, and so, you know, I think that would be a lot of fun. You know, Robert Sala, there's a lot of connections to D'Amico there as a former, you know, coach together in San Francisco, worked together here, you know, when Sala was a coach uh, as a, a, a Assistant, off, assistant. defensive assistant uh, <laughs> quality control guy here when D'Amico was playing so uh, I think that'll be an interesting week with a lot of fun storylines and, and looking forward to that New York in December is always a lot of fun all right Craig thanks a lot for being with us thanks Mark appreciate it go Texans there's our conversation with Greg Grissom great to visit with him on some of the goings-on with the organization can't wait for season premiere really can't wait for the season most of all but all the other trimmings are really interesting the training camp practices it's going to be so much fun out there to watch D'Amico Ryan's crew get ready for the campaign can't wait August 10th preseason game number one it'll be at New England it'll be live on Sports Radio 610 and the Bull 100.3 FM and ABC 13 there will be a quiz on this later check out all the other podcasts wherever you got this one have a great day everybody and go Texans